Hello, my good friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode seven of The Informed Catholic, episode seven of this new year. <clears throat> so, I'm doing an article from Desert News. Um, never heard of this uh, magazine. Uh, it's the reason why I'm choosing it because it has an article on the chosen, how the chosen is unifying people of different faiths and backgrounds. And you probably heard me mention it before. Uh, yes, I'm a big fan of that show. I love the show. It's great. Um, it's produced and directed, uh, created by Dallas Jenkins and it stars Jonathan Rumi, uh, in leading role of Jesus. And it has, uh, Vanessa Benevente. I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly. She plays, uh, uh, Jesus mother, uh, mother Mary. <clears throat> and it has Elizabeth Tabish as, um, Mary Magdalene and uh, Shahar Isaac plays Simon Peter. And uh, there's also, um, I'll get to the other uh, actors' names from the article. This is from January 7th, 2022. So uh, let's begin. All right. <clears throat> Here it is uh, on the article. I'll actually, um, I'll try to post this on uh, Facebook on my Facebook page, uh, The Informed Catholic. Jonathan Rumi uh, plays Jesus. And there's a scene here they have, I think it's from, um, it's it's one of the episodes, I think, from the second season. It's a streaming series. You don't even have to pay for it. It's All you have to do is go to the App Store, the Google App Store, download the chosen app. And you download it to your phone. You can watch it on your phone. If you have a smart TV like a Roku or a Fire Stick, you just beam it. Uh, go to the app store there and then you beam the the app on your phone. And it basically, uh, you can watch it on, on, on your TV with your family. And it has in, in several languages. They, have, they can dub it in several languages. It's a great, it's a great series. Uh, two seasons have been have been uh, co completed. Uh, season one, season two, both eight episodes. And they just did also a, a chosen Christmas special. It's the Messengers. It has Elizabeth Tabish as Mary Magdalene, and it has uh, Vanessa Benevente as um, the Virgin Mary. Uh, it's supposed to be fifteen years after the resurrection. And it's a great series because, yes, it's it's done with an artistic license. But it's giving you the possibility of, of, of how things could have been. You know, like conversations with the apostles and the disciples and, and how people react around Jesus. All right, so let's begin. You have... Um, uh, a rabbi, an evangelical, and a Latter-day uh, Saints uh, sitting together in a hotel lobby. The rabbi turned to the Latter-day Saint and asked, Why are you a Mormon uh, helping on the Chosen? The rabbi was Jason Subel, a Messianic Jew who has served as one of several spiritual advisors for the Chosen series. 
he posed his question to Jeffrey Herman, a co-founder of Angel Studios seated nearby was Dallas Jenkins, an evangelical and the show's creator, writer, director, and executive producer. Herman, Harman, I'm sorry, Harman, has heard similar questions from both evangelicals and those in his own faith, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Some of them pointed arguments against interfaith co uh, corporation, cooperation. I will probably see a thousand more messages from people telling me I'm a cultist and that I believe in a different Jesus. I will certainly have many more Latter-day Saints refuse to trust the show because the message is controlled by evangelicals. But one thing can be certain. They can't diminish my relationship with Jesus, he wrote in a blog post. If Jesus can call his ancient apostles from a range of backgrounds, he added, including an apostate tax collector on, um, on the one hand, to stubborn illiterate uh, stubborn illiterate, illiterate fishermen on the other why can't he call evangelicals catholics jews and even latter day saints to the creation of a tv series about his life and ministry the chosen's impressive feat is that despite doctrinal and theological differences it is resonating with audiences across various christian denominations the Presbyterians, Baptists, and other Evangelicals, Catholics, Latter-day Saints, and even non-believers by keeping a straightforward central focus on the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. The director and actor who plays Jesus says they share a specific goal to unify viewers. The numbers show they have struck a chord. Since the first season was released in 2019, the Chosen series has been viewed more than 200 million times and translated into 50 different languages. The show has received positive reviews. It currently has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes with a 99% audience score, 4.9 stars on Google ratings, and 9.6 uh, 9.610 on IM, IMDb, Christmas with the Chosen, The Messengers, a special holiday bonus episode, recently earned more than 13.7 million at the box office. <laughs> okay. Uh, Spielberg just put out his remake of West Side Story. He made something like, I think the film cost maybe $110 million to make, plus add $50 million on top of that for advertisements, uh, to advertise on the subway station and everywhere. And guess what? It only made, from, for, uh, only made with all that, it only made $10 million in return in a box office, and nobody wants to see it. That should tell you something right there. Um, the um, Marvels put out The Eternals, and that was terrible in the box office. Before that, they had the Black Widow movie, and that was terrible. The only one that's been a success, and it's not actually from Disney Marvel, it's from Sony Marvel, which they put on the new Spider-Man Spider No Way Home, and that made $1 billion. Um, 
the thing is, a lot of the movie theaters are not doing good. And this one, this one, the chose uh, Christmas with the chosen, the messengers, cost a lot less to make. It cost. Uh, it was only. It's only a thirty-eight minute episode, shown in the theaters, and it cost a lot less to make, and they made a lot more in returns and ticket sales. That should tell you something right there. Okay, so yeah, it's it's it it shows you <clears throat> that here here you have a thirty-eight minute episode. It's not a very long. It's actually, uh, you know, it, it, and it was played in the theaters, and it made with thirteen point seven million at the box office, and it, it didn't cost much to make. So, and it was funded, crowdfunded, because people have donated money, fans have donated money. And that goes to show you how much people are hungry for the word of God. And yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know, I know something about the Mormon faith. Um, I'm not crazy about it. I'm not crazy about Jehovah Witnesses, but you know what? This has actually... It got Scott Hahn, my favorite theologian. Even Father Chris Alar has interviewed Jonathan Rumi. Scott Hahn interviewed Jonathan Rumi. Uh, Father Chris Alar from the Marian Fathers uh, interviewed Jonathan Rumi. And uh, you had also uh, John, John Henry Weston. He interviewed John, uh, uh, Jonathan Rumi from the show. <laughs> uh, even the Daughters of St. Paul interviewed Jonathan Rumi. On YouTube channel, I mean, other Catholics. Uh, there was this couple, a Filipino couple from uh, who in, who interviewed Jonathan Rumi. The show has has really caught on, and people are hungry for it. They're hungry for something like this, and and Jonathan Rumi is a is a wonderful actor. He's actually. He was born in New York City, in Manhattan, uh, in Hell's Kitchen. His father is from Egypt. Uh, he's a Coptic, um, you know, Coptic, Coptic Church, Coptic Christian. And uh, in Egypt, his father went to Catholic school because if you're an Orthodox Christian, a Coptic Christian, uh, Roman Catholic, or even Evangelical, you don't go to public schools in Egypt because they're run by the Muslim Brotherhood. Uh, so you go to Catholic school where the Catholic Church provides missionaries like the Franciscans and Jesuits to teach uh, the boys and girls of Christian background. His father, his mother is an immigrant from Ireland. She's Roman Catholic, obviously. Uh, and they got married. He attend, He got baptized in the Greek Orthodox Church. Uh, hence Coptics or Orthodox Christians. Then his family moved to the suburbs of New York, like Staten Island or Long Island, and there was no Greek Orthodox churches over there, so the family decided to go attend the Catholic, uh, the Catholic parish in their neighborhood. So he, ever since then, he has been a committed Roman Catholic, uh, a Catholic Christian uh, since then, and he is an actor, 
Uh, he also does voiceovers. I know I've seen several episodes where he's talked about it. He's also a musician and he also doodles with art. Pa- uh, I guess paints and inks and everything and pencils. Um, he decided to pursue acting. Uh, and he's um, he's lived in Los Angeles um, for the last couple of years. Um, struggled, um, you know, um, found himself in a tight spot, you know, cause act sometimes there's a lot of times as an actor, as he said, you're not really working, <laughs> you know, you're, you got to get side jobs to survive. And well, you know, he, um, finally handed all his troubles and worries to God, to the Lord. And he got blessed later on with work. And he found himself, he did a couple of things for St. Luke's Media, where he played um, media productions, where he played, um, he did a, a story of Jesus for Divine Mercy. And he first started working with Dallas Jenkins on a short film for Dallas Jenkins' church called The Two Thebes. He was aiming for one of the two Thebes, but he wound up, of all things, getting cast in the role of Jesus. He was kind of disappointed because it was only, Jesus only gets like five lines, maybe. And then he he got picked again to play the role of Jesus in the uh, the Chosen series, which they were aiming to do. And it's the production that distributes it, Angel Studios, is run by Mormons, which is why some evangelicals have a problem with it. Um, due to the fact that the Mormon theology and Mormon practice and beliefs is contrary to Orthodox Christian beliefs. Um, some people even have a problem with Jonathan Rumi being an, a Catholic. And uh, because he has a ring on, he sometimes he wears, which has a skull on it. They think he's a Satanist. He's not a Satanist. It, the ring is the symbol of momentum mori, which means to remember death. And it's it's not, you know, I mean, he spoke to a nun and a nun recognized it as the memento mori symbol. It's, you know, I mean, admittedly, a per, some people are going to get uh, caught, you know, caught off with this with skull ring. But he's not, um, he's not a cultist. Okay. And he's, he's a devout Catholic. During the, the shutdown, he, on his Facebook page, he did the Divine Mercy he also prayed the rosary. He, as a matter of fact, the divine mercy just by itself, he got a lot of evangelical Christians interested in um, the divine mercy. Uh, Faustina's uh, private revelation from our Lord of the divine mercy prayer. It's a beautiful, beautiful prayer that to say on the rosary. Um, it's, I have to say with all honesty, it's wonderful seeing a Catholic actor, and especially for me, for because he's Middle Easterner, my mother is uh, Egyptian, and my father was Palestinian, so it's kind of great seeing a Middle Eastern actor, especially a Christian, um, in the spotlight and and promoting the faith. It's wonderful. I think it's great, and I think it's great. It's it's a a show about Jesus. And it's wonderful seeing an evangelical evangelical Christian um, to see um, a Messianic Jew and to see other uh, Christians from Protestant denominations and to hear about a Roman Catholic priest advising them. 
And to see an actor who is Catholic in the lead role, it's fantastic. The show, it's wonderful. It's really human and it's beautiful to see the story um, acted out to how people would have act, how behaved and think and acted around Jesus. It's great. All right. Um, let's continue. So, oh yeah, by the way, the Chosen Christmas special, The Messengers, is now on the, it's now released on the app. Uh, and you can get it when, if you have the Chosen app, remember it's free, it's not going to cost you anything. Okay, success, uh, The Chosen Messenger was a success in the theaters in a huge spike in app downloads, you see, and increased media coverage which has generated greater interest in the show, said said Daryl Aves, an an executive producer. The Chosen has a goal to reach 1 billion people, and momentum continues to build. Uh, For me, this project is unifying... Of different uh, is unifying of, of people of different religions and backgrounds who can agree upon one thing, which is what Jesus taught and what he actually stood for, what he actually went and did in, in his ministry. Uh, Eves uh, said in his September 24th interview with the Desert News, that's the beautiful thing about this project. The unifying effect of Jesus has started to break down religious walls and has been one of the most extraordinary aspects of creating the Chosen, Jenkins said in, in September. By telling people stories about when Jesus was here, the walls seem to come down. The Chosen isn't appeal, uh, appealing to all religious faith because we're trying, which we're trying to. It's because... We are focused solely on Jesus, the director said. With this Christ, uh, Christmas special or um, or on social media, to see people of different faith backgrounds, um, LDS, Latter-day Saints, Catholics, Evangelicals, all agreeing, all uniting around the fact that they love Jesus and want to see the, uh, the Jesus of the Gospels known. I know people don't like to put... Uh, their theological differences aside and some people want to take this opportunity to kind of drive home how different we are but that doesn't seem to be landing okay playing the role of Jesus in The Chosen has allowed actor Jonathan Rumi to meet several prominent Christian leaders including Pope Francis Uh, Rumi hopes his authentic human portrayal of the Savior fosters unity during these um Disordering times, he said, when recently um, featured by Christianity Today. I want to check that one out. Okay, so now we are in an. Um, I think this is Christianity Today, and it, this is more on the article with Jonathan Rumi. The cover here, the photo is the Sermon on the Mount scene, which is the last episode of season two. So, um, this is Jonathan Rumi. I first portrayed Jesus in my Long Island backyard. I And I know the story. After he watched Jesus of Nazareth, I heard him say this. The actor went from playing Christ in childhood theater to getting cast as him on a major television show. Uh, Kelsey 
Marie Bowes. Okay. When Jonathan Rumi was 11 years old, he built a life-size crucifix out of two six-foot-long boards, painted the blood, and reenacted the crucifixion in his, in his family's backyard in Long Island, New York. I fashioned some reeds to make my own crown of thorns and proceeded along the way of the cross, uh, along the way of the cross to the side of the garage, which would be my Golgotha. Rumi explained over a video call. The first time Rumi saw Robert Powell's portrayal of Jesus in 1977 film, Jesus of Nazareth, he felt compelled to reenact the crucifixion. It was Easter season and his family watched the film, watches the film every year. I would plant the crucifix in the ground and fasten it with a cinder block and uh, step on the cinder block and just kind of put my hands up and slide them behind the nails. I don't know how, I don't know too many 10-year-olds that would go around doing that. That set me up in a major way, decades before I would ever realize it, to prepare me for what I'm doing today, he said. His father and mother married in, in the Greek Orthodox Church and did not see their son acting out the crucifixion in the backyard that day. Years later, when Rumi took up playing the role of Jesus in the Gospels, he was confronted with a specific moment of what he sensed was spiritual warfare. The scene was set to film episode 6 of The Chosen, where Jesus heals the paralytic of, at the Zebedee house, and 150 extras was dressed to their part and staring at him intently. This was his first time preaching directly from Scripture on the set. I got this quick flash of panic in my heart and thought to myself, what am I doing here? I shouldn't be doing this. This is sacrilegious. And he started to panic, Rumi said. It took about five days to shoot the scene. He felt unworthy to say the words that Jesus spoke. Direct Director Dallas Jenkins told him, none of us are worthy to be doing this, but we're telling this story so people can know who Jesus is and why he came, which helped define the mission for Rumi. When, Rumi's, uh, when Rumi in, encounters spiritual warfare and other challenges, he prays the chaplet divine mercy or the rosary. The rosary is not just about the passion, it's about the phases of Christ's life, Rumi said. It covers his birth the Annunciation, the Visitation, the Presentation at the Temple, the Finding of the Child Jesus, and the Wedding at Cana. Before landing the role of Jesus on the Chosen, Rumi had surrendered everything but his acting career to God. He had been living in Los Angeles for eight years, and he was nearly broke. Okay. There was this one day during May of 2018, I woke up. It was Saturday morning and I was $100 in overdraft. I had $20 in my pocket. I had enough food to last a day. I had no checks in sight. I had no work in sight. I had maxed out my credit cards. I literally didn't know how I was going to exist. Rumi said, he knelt in front of his crucifix and poured out his heart to God, asking him what happened. He had been under the, impre uh, the impression that God helps those who help themselves, 
at least, uh, he later realized that the Lord helps those who rely on him. That term helps those to help, help themselves. I don't know where that came from, but that's not in the Bible. Um, it's not in the Bible. I mean, I'm going to have to look up where that little proverb came from, but it's not true. It's not in the Bible. He helps those who call him, call on his name to help them. Okay. It's it to help those who help themselves sounds very selfish. And basically it ostracizes God. For years, my prayer was, if there's something else I should be doing, please show me what it is. Because this is really hard, Rumi explained. I, I, I literally said the words, I surrender, I surrender. I realized in that moment that in my other areas in my life, I had allowed God in. But when it came to my career, I thought, I know, I know better. I got this, God. I'm the actor here. Don't worry. It's Hollywood. I know how Hollywood, I know Hollywood God. Rumi left his apartment and went for a walk to collect himself, buying a breakfast sandwich with the money he had left. Later that day, he found four checks in the mail. Three months later, Dallas Jenkins called me. He's like, I might be doing this series. It's probably like four episodes. We're crowdfunded. Uh, were crowd we, we you know we we were crowdfunded uh Rumi explained it was no brainer for him to, to try this hand at playing Jesus in the chosen it was a significant opportunity for me I had never done more than one or two episodes of a legitimate TV show it took a while for Rumi to find his artistic path. Early on, he discovered his voice over uh, voiceover work. A couple of years after graduating from School of Visual Arts in New York City, being a uh, a mimic from from an early age was always something that I wanted to do. That kind of started my road to acting. Rumi said. He's proud to have inherited his father's Egyptian heritage and, uh, and illustration skills. He designed airbrushed um, jean jackets in high school. In the early 90s, to earn extra money on the side, he developed his drawing skills and thought he might become a comic book artist. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I was banging on pots and pans from the time I was 18, 18 months old. I eventually became a drummer. After graduating from college, he played drums in his friend's contemporary rock band. It was Dave Matthews meet Cats Stevens meets R.E.M., he explained. They recorded an album and were about to go on tour. Uh, on tour. Then the recording company that was sponsoring the tour went bankrupt. According to Rumi, it fizzled. The other guy went and found a day job. He had family, but I stuck it out in the film industry, he said. He moved to Los Angeles in 2009, 2009 to pursue a career in film and television. In one short year, he had burned through his savings. Eight years later, he ran out of money and options with only a few credits to his name, one being his guest star placement on Mindy uh, Kaling's uh, sitcom series, The Mindy Project, in 2017, playing Dr. Monteblair, a French doctor and a spokesman for 
Medicine Sewer Sewer Le Front, a fictitious nonprofit. Comedy has an inherited uh, comedy has an inherent math to it. If you don't follow the math of comedy, it won't work. If you follow it, uh, it will. It, it works almost every time in terms of beats, in terms of timing, in terms of pauses. Rumi said, at the end of his rope. Rumi got the call from Jenkins, the creator of The Chosen. Jenkins originally cast Rumi in in Once We Were Slaves, a short film released in 2014 that was later retitled The Two Thieves, telling the story of the men who were crucified alongside Christ. It was an origin story about how these thieves came to be crucified. One could have plausibly happened to give the penitent thief, his conversion on the cross, Rumi said. He also played Christ in two other short films for Jenkins over the next three years. He first played Jesus in Faustina's Messenger of Divine Mercy, a woman, a, a one-woman show about the life of St. Faustina Kowalska, a Polish nun who became a saint in the mid-20th century. Since then, the theatrical production was adapted into the film called Heart of Mercy for St. Luke Productions. Finally, when The Chosen arrived, Rumi knew that he had four episodes to make an impression on, as Jenkins asked him, to put the sandals back on. True to the request, Rumi says, I put the sandals back on, and that was the start of the rest of my life. I prayed through it and tried to offer my performance to God to use in a way that might be might affect people in a positively or bring them closer to Christ, he said. The Chosen has given some people a new lease on life, Rumi says. He's been told by strangers they were going to end their life and they decided my life is worth something. I want to know who Jesus is. When playing the role of Jesus, Rumi asked himself, what, what would mercy personified look like. Then he tries to infuse his interactions with a deep sense of his mercy, compassion, and love for extra-biblical scenes like rehearsing the Sermon on the Mount. Rumi asks himself, how would Jesus do that? And then he interprets these moments. Extra-biblical material is scary to him because these people are quick to call it heresy. The biggest point of of contention for some people was developing the Sermon on the Mount and rehearsing it. He even asked Jenkins if there were stages like this, like the ones depicted on, on, uh, on Beyond Mountains, the scene's second finale of The Chosen. Jenkins said, oh yeah, it, uh, yeah it look, look it up. The Greeks used stages in 3000 BC according to Rumi. And again, it's a TV show. It's going to be a little bigger than it probably would have been. It's going to be a little more presentational. We're building the narrative, he said. How do you make the apostles fit into the storyline? He explained that everything written in into the show is based on the principle of historical, scriptural, and political accuracy and plausibility. Rabbi Jason Sobel, a Messianic Jew, served as one of the spiritual advisors for the Chosen, along with a variety of other theologians. Sobel helped make uh, connections between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. According to Rumi, he gave context to what the customs were and how they lined up with the Christian tradition. 
Jesus wasn't the first person in the Bible to say, come and follow me. Rumi explained. It's what rabbis do. If they choose you, that's what they say. If that phrase is bestowed upon you, that is a huge honor. Christ calls all of us to follow him in that way. That's a very Jewish thing. That's great. All right, so Rumi was baptized in the Orthodox Church and began attending a Roman Catholic church when his family moved to Long Island. I made my first communion as a Catholic. I made my first confirmation as a Catholic. That was that was a kind of, of it, he said. God's divine mercy should be vital to every Christian, according to Rumi. Last year, during the pandemic, I felt called to pray for whatever reason. I have no explanation other than the Spirit just put it on my heart to pray, to pray that publicly. I led thousands of people in praying the Chaplet of Divine Mercy and the Rosary on Instagram. Live in 2020, he said, everything was just on fire, literally as well as metaphorically, Rumi said. I would get people yelling at me, telling me I wasn't in, in, in a cult. And all of this other stuff that I would just put up with, I would just try to love one people, love on people. He said, he added, he demystified the significance of of sacramentals by praying with a rosary. These beads, all they do is focus you on that. These prayers that are meant to just center you. Rumi said. One man turned in for the prayer. Prayers uh, commented, I'm a Southern Baptist. I just got my first set of rosary beads. I used to get these anxiety attacks, and since I started praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet, they stopped. So thank you. That's unbelievable. Because of this, of, of his role of Jesus in the Chosen, Rumi has met prominent Christian leaders, including Pope Francis and evangelicals, evangelicals like Francis Chen, Greg Laurie and Nikki uh, Gumbel. I, I didn't. I don't. I don't know. Maybe I know him by face. I have a real heart for unifying. I have. I have. I have. I have a real heart for uniting people behind this one man that we see in the Son of God. I think in the divisive times, divisive times we're living in, we need to be aligned in Christ. When we said, denominationally, we're all. We're, we're so used to wanting to put limits on God and what he can do and what we can, can't do. If it didn't happen in, in this church, then it's not true and it's not real. That's not Jesus. Reflecting on the road that has led him here, Rumi remembers his time working as a rideshare uh, ride driver, a catering waiter, a voiceover coach, with kids with special needs before he was cast to play Jesus in the chosen. I feel like I was made for, I feel like I was made for such a time as this. This is what God put me on this planet to, to do for right now. Until he calls me to do something else, I'm just going to try to embrace it as best we can. He said, God forbid this could all stop today and I will have to I, I, I will have been quite content with opportunity I had for a very small period in history. Okay, well, hopefully it continues. I think it's great. 
you know, it's, it's, it's a show that I think is helping out, you know, one time Catholics, uh, if you ever watch EWTN, sometimes during Christmas and Easter, they would put on these father Peyton's rosary hour and the rosary hour would have actors portraying biblical characters in the new Testament. They would portray, um, the apostles. They would never show Jesus, but they would portray the apostles, Peter and others. And that was, and that's great. That's really great because that Catholics used to do it. For some reason, we Catholics stopped. Um, I think this shows you, this is, this is, this is a good example of how art can change a culture. The fact that something like this unified all Christians from various denominations, I do feel it's the Holy Spirit. And I think it's great that someone like Jonathan Rumi can do this. I mean, I've been wanting to do my own graphic novel for a long time. And it's, you know, with my job and everything, it's kind of hard to, I mean, a day goes by, even two days just fly by. And sometimes I got to give up a, a half a weekend so I can go work, do extra overtime. And it's hard. You're exhausted, you know? And that one day I have left, I go to church, but sometimes I got to wind up doing the laundry and time flies by, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's difficult. I, you know, I don't have the luxury of working and doing my art, you know, him as an actor, acting is work for him, for me to draw or even, you know, to paint is, is luxury time. It's not work time. I gotta, I know I only can do this on my, on my day off. And, and sometimes I gotta get up, do the laundry, do the shopping. And before you know it, time goes by. It's even exhausted just to get that done. You know, it's, it's, it's great. It's great that we have this. And I think, um, it's wonderful. All right. I'm going to end it here. Um, again, we'll, uh, I'll be back soon. I'll do the, uh, the Sunday reading and hopefully I'll be, get, I'll get a chance to do another episode on, uh, on some article. God bless.